Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Papas and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome in, everybody. This is Unleashed by BetMGM, the king of sports books. And if you like football and you like betting and laughing and maybe cringing a little bit, especially at the end where we basically give Giannis free range, then you have come to the right place. Giannis Papas is my co-host. Giannis, how did you watch this weekend's games? Do you throw back a couple Trulies and hang in your basement like a big creepo? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you have access to my Google cameras, but that's exactly <laughs> what I did. Me and Paul Verzi threw back more than a two, three, four amount of Trulies. It was a. Oh. It was like we were filming a commercial for Trulies. That's what <laughs> this weekend was about. Most of the games were a disappointment. But it was, it's still a fun hang, and I am so excited for the games coming up. They are going to be incredible. So football is fun right now, baby. We've really got to stop doing free ads for Truly. We should just say sparkling alcoholic beverage until they start paying us. Yeah, we really, yeah, there are other sparkling water. How do they make that? What like the, What is alcohol? I, I always don't. wonder, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> how, it's basically a soda that gets you drunk. They're so it's, good. Alcohol is God's tears. That's a good, I like that. <laughs> oh, but it is, it, it is fun to throw a couple back and watch some football games. And now this weekend is getting much better. You're right. A couple blowouts last weekend, but now we've got eight teams, four games that still have Super Bowl dreams alive. We're going to talk about how we got here. I love this note. I heard this and I thought that belongs on Unleashed. The last time the Bengals won a playoff game, you could not send someone a text to talk about it. Literally, the technology didn't exist 30 years ago. I mean, that's incredible. And OJ Simpson was the sideline reporter. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it was before cancel culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was before, that's before the Me Too movement. 
<laughs> I think that was before like every movement except like the women's march or something. Feminism, yeah. women voting. But yeah. So we're going to talk about the divisional round games coming up this weekend. I'm so excited. I'm assigned Bills at Chiefs this weekend. Again, on the national radio broadcast. So I'll dive a little bit deeper in on that one. I think that's the game of the week, but I'm a little bit biased. No, you're right. That is the game. That is the game. The way those two teams are playing, that's the game I'm most excited to watch. You mean listen? Oh, uh, of course. I'm gonna, <laughs> I got it. Well, I got like I said, I got to get those double A batteries first and find oh. an AM radio. So I'm gonna have to like look in my, you know, I'm gonna have to look through my garage and see if I have an old one. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> jump in your car and drive around. Or I'll really now I'm just plugging yeah. our own stuff. But get the TuneIn app. In the TuneIn oh. app, you can listen to our broadcast. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> we have a real treat today to help us dissect all these games. It's former NFL GM and executive Michael Lombardi joining us in just a little bit. You'll remember he's been on the show before. He's fantastic. He has his own podcast, The GM Shuffle, on Twitter at The Daily Coach, or I think just at Daily Coach. And he's written books. He knows everything and everyone. So it's a real treat to have him on. Then at the end, as always, we're going to break down the numbers and spreads for this weekend's action and give you our take. Not that it matters, but uh, we're, we're usually pretty spot on, right, Giannis? Both of us, we're usually both spot on. We nail it. I mean, we na- <laughs> I mean, we always nail it. We get the over right. We get the under right. We get the points right. I mean, we get how many passes are going to be thrown. Who's going to score first? I mean, from A to Z, just listen to us and we will win you money. I mean, you can just tell we work for BetMGM because we give the worst advice. <laughs> <laughs> at, at least, at least I do. We're trying. We make the company money. <laughs> no, no, no. Giannis usually beats me at our punishment picks. That's at the end. The winner gets to write the outro for the loser to read. It's all very embarrassing. Last week, I told you my mom was standing over my shoulder and I had to read about as embarrassing as an outro as possible. Um, so if you haven't listened to that, go back to last week's show and just start thinking of your mother standing over you as you read that. Anyways, I had a little bit better luck this week. So I'm going to give you a hint. The cream rises to the crop in... <laughs> The top, the cream rises no, to go the top. With it. Cream rises to the crop. The cream <laughs> rises to the crop. It's, isn't it cream of the crop? But the cream rises to the top. The quarterback for the 49ers is Janine Garofalo and the cream rises to the crop, baby. <laughs> okay, I win. Let me. That's what I'm trying to say. I won this yes. week. So Giannis yes. has to read my outro. By the way, Giannis, congratulations. We're up for best sports comedy podcast. That's right. We're a nominee for a sports podcast award. I'm so excited. Congrats. Congrats to you. And I know your competitive nature, you really want to win this thing. So from what I've heard, I have a little intel on the ground. You've created about a thousand fake email accounts and you've just been (laughs) up voting and voting and voting. So you guys, I'm not telling you what to do, but you know, if you love Olivia, do as she does. I love it. I love it. I think that's also what a couple states did for voting for president. So that's exciting. It's on my Instagram bio. If you want to help vote for us, I keep plugging it all on my social media, but it lives in my Instagram bio. If you want to click that link, all very exciting. I think we can also put it in the show notes, right? I'll talk to Alex, our producer extraordinaire about that. Okay. It's time for us to go off on one topic we feel passionately about this week. Giannis, let's unleash. Let's unleash! It's time to unleash. Okay, Giannis, how about them Cowboys? Uh, no, 
Usually it's an emphatic cheer after a big win, echoing the passion of their former Hall of Fame coach, Jimmy Johnson. But I'm saying it more disappointed and kind of perplexed. Like, how about them Cowboys? (laughs) Once again, Cowboys fans are going home without a playoff win. A huge payroll, lots of star power. But the NFC East champs got sent packing by Jimmy G and the 49ers. These teams hadn't met in the postseason since I was one year old. But it was highly anticipated by people around your age, Giannis, because of all the great (laughs) history in the 80s and early 90s. Cowboys haven't reached NFC championship game since 1995, despite... Every year we hear nothing but this is the Cowboys year. They're back. They basically all but promise us they will. Now, a lot was made about the refs down the stretch of that game, but the Cowboys have no one to blame but themselves. Come on. Mike McCarthy and the poor clock management go together like Giannis and conspiracy theories. Running a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left. The Cowboys took a huge risk of there not being enough time left. And sure enough, there wasn't. It's like football 101. The Cowboys and Mike McCarthy took shots at the official. I don't know about that, but they have no one to blame but themselves. The official had to put the ball down to be snapped. The center needs to give the ball to him. This isn't gym class. This is the NFL. Dak, you've got to be better. You have to have better awareness. Don't blame the refs. They've got a hard enough job. Or don't run a draw play with 14 seconds left and take two shots at the end zone. Like, you probably should have. That's what they should have done. uh, I can figure it out. I can coach an NFL team. And just my overall impression, the stadium is gorgeous. Listen, Jerry World, it's gorgeous. It'll always be one of my favorites because the Packers opened it up in its first year with a Super Bowl win over the Steelers. That's one of my best NFL memories, one of my best sports memories ever. But this weekend, that big-ass Jumbotron, it got hit by a punt. That should never happen. I've done games in there. I've worked games in there. And when the sun comes out, you're basically in a big glass greenhouse or something. It gets kind of hot and it's just too sunny. It's, I'm not a fan of it for day games. I got to say the glare is pretty bad. So it's tough for receivers to see or for kick returners. It's not good. So I just have to go off on the Cowboys a little bit there. Wow. That sounded personal. You're attacking <laughs> America's favorite team. You're it's not, that's almost like team. you're Yeah, that's like attacking Beyonce. You're gonna get a lot of trolls now coming out. People love the Cowboys, but guess what? I got your back. We're partners, okay. and I am sticking with the Cowboys on this one. I think it's time to pass the torch to another team to be America's sweetheart. We're off of oil. Coming soon. It's all about Tesla. It's all about renewables. (laughs) Dallas, you're antiquated. You're archaic. Ah. It's over, baby. You're not America's team anymore. Like Olivia said, your stadium, it looks like a UFO landed in Dallas. Okay? I've been there from the outside. It just looks like, you know, uh, close encounters of the third kind. (laughs) Bigger's not better is what I'm trying to say. Bigger is not better. <laughs> now, how many times have you said that in your life, Giannis? I've had to say that many times to explain to women <laughs> why <laughs> why this was okay and why I have other skills that can compensate. You're absolutely Jeez. right, Olivia. You're absolutely right. I like more of a stadium with some charm. I like an older stadium. 
I like the Buffalo Bills. They play right there in the neighborhood, okay? There's people who live right next door. I like their fan base. They're drunk. They throw themselves through tables. They're committed. It's all they got up there. They live in a city that used to be great until we shipped the jobs overseas. That's America. The Buffalo Bills. We need to find another team that is America's team. Who do you guys think it should be? Should it be... Should it be uh, the Raiders? Gambling's legal in a lot of places now. We Blah. work for a gambling company. Should it be the Raiders? Blah. Should it be the Raiders? That's not no? America's team. You don't think team. so? How about the Packers? Yeah, that's America's team. When you talk about there being homes right by the stadium, that's Green Bay. It's a factory town. It's a blue-collar town. It's as Americana as you can get. Midwest. See, honest, when you fly JFK to LAX, there actually is this whole part of the country in the middle. And that's where America's team needs to come from. I vote the Green Bay Packers. Okay, well, I'm just going to be the obnoxious coastal elite and say you yeah. guys need to learn how to code. Learn how to code. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. That's America's team. Tech, baby. That's the future. The metaverse. Bitcoin. Is it going to be San Francisco? Is it L.A.? Come on, S.A. Maybe it's L.A. How about this one? Maybe it's the Packers. Yeah. I mean, look. I didn't know till I had Olivia on my podcast, Long Days, I didn't know that Green Bay was communist. But apparently <laughs> the team is owned by the people. The people yeah. own the team. So are you for the people? Do you love obesity? Do you love <laughs> cheese that should be illegal? You got to stop Do- with that. You're going to make enemies. You got to stop with I'm that. Just, I'm having a little fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know when you go to Wisconsin, you're like, wow, oh my God, this is the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my entire life. But are you a Brett Favre guy? Do you like interceptions? Do you like painkillers? Do you like showing your <laughs> penis penis to a cheerleader? Do, do you like ivermectin? Are you an ivermectin guy? Did you recover from COVID just taking ivermectin? Well, then the Packers are your team. All yeah. I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, it's no longer, it is no longer, bigger is better. It is no longer the Dallas Cowboys. I nominate the Packers. I nominate the Grinch. <laughs> Let's go Packers. Okay, that was an obscure reference to the Grinch. <laughs> I guess you might be too old for that one. You know, the Jim Carrey Grinch. I'm too old for a lot of things. I nominate the Grinch. Okay. Uh, well, let's ask the people, right? Let's let's keep communism going and have the people vote. I think that's the best way to do this. Let's put it on Twitter. You think on Twitter the day the show drops on Thursday? I think that's a great idea. We'll put it up. We'll have BetMGM put it up. And you people tell us who you nominate as America's new team and why. Make it fun. Okay. I love it, Giannis, but put it on Instagram or TikTok or I won't see it. Now let's bring in our guest, Michael Lombardi. He's got one of the best NFL resumes in the history of the game, sharing offices with Bill Walsh to Bill Belichick. He's got three Super Bowl rings, the host of the GM Shuffle podcast and author of Gridiron Genius, Michael Lombardi. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. We are so excited to have you back on. The last episode we had with you on did huge numbers. So you're an influencer, my friend. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, you're an influencer. (laughs) I doubt that very much. You know, I just have, (laughs) I've been around so long. I think it's just that I have a lot more people that know me. I think that's the only reason. Longevity does have a, does pay a price at times. 
<laughs> He's a lifetime achievement influencer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Michael, we were just talking about it. In your opinion, if we had to strip the Cowboys of the title America's team and give yeah. the title to a new team, who deserves it? Oh, that's a great question. Wow. Well, you know, they were America's team. I'm writing this book about the Hall of Fame, and, and a lot of it is the history of the game. And, you know, the timing of everything always works. So, you know, when people only had one or two team games that would come into their market, and the Cowboys, especially here in the East Coast, were. So, you know, I, I would say any team that's winning at the certain period of time, you know, the Chiefs could be America's team. Yeah. You know, you put them on a nationally televised game. You know, the Buffalo Mafia would certainly think that they're all over the place. You know, the Steelers, really, if you mm -hmm. if you ever go to a game and you're playing the Steelers, I think without disrespect to any other fan base, I think they travel better than any fan base in the National Football League, which then would lend itself to become an America's team. Well, I can yeah. attest to that. I was just on the sideline for Steelers at Chiefs. And of course, it was Big Ben's last game, we think. And there yeah. were tons of yellow and black jerseys yeah. in the stands. It was pretty cool to see. And that's actually where I want to start with that game. You talk a lot about the middle eight, which is the final four minutes of the first half, the first four minutes of the second and that's when the Chiefs really started to put it together in that mm -hmm. game. They started off slow, and then they scored on six straight drives right in that middle eight. They were pulling all the tricks out of their offensive bag, too. A big man touchdown, a tight end throwing a touchdown, running backs catching touchdown passes. So we know who they are when they're clicking offensively. But the Bills are just as electric and high-powered mm -hmm. on offense. What does this one come down to? You know, I, this one's going to come down to the the team that doesn't have the long foul balls. I mean, the last mm -hmm. time Buffalo went there, they they played and they're playing good. They're kicking field goals, which weren't, you know, which was a problem. They got Singletary wide open in the flat. He's probably going to run for 30, 40 yards, may get it that inside the five-yard line, and he drops the pass. The team that has those long foul balls, that doesn't make the plays that are custom, they're accustomed to making is usually going to be the one. And if the Chiefs start off the game as slowly as they did against Pittsburgh, that can be problematic. But, you know, these are the kind of games that come down to all playoff games really get reduced to situational football. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's about who converts third and short. It's a really key down. Now, both teams might go for it on fourth and short, too. So that may just lend itself to what the third down call is. Who executes the best in the red zone, offensively, defensively? And then who controls the final eight minutes of the game? I mean, I think that's essential. You've got to be able to control that. And if you have a big lead, you got to keep scoring. If, you, if you're trying to play catch up, you've got to get some stops. So I think it'll be a fun, fun game. I think it's almost a Super Bowl quality of two teams, and we get it in the divisional round, which is fun. I was going to ask about that. Are you almost bummed one of these team season ends this Sunday? It seems like this should be the AFC Championship. Yeah, it should be, you know, we're certainly, and, and, and I'll tell you what, like Frazier and Ali, that, you know, every fight's going to take a little bit of something out of you, you know? And so whoever gets the winner of this game is going to feel pretty good about themselves, whether it's Tennessee or Cincinnati, because they didn't have to go through the thriller in Manila to win it. You know, they got to be able that they were fortunate to play this and both these teams will put it all out there and, and they've got to get up off the mat and then go play another game the next week of the bigger game. So, you know, I think Tennessee and, and Cincinnati are the beneficiaries of that. I have a two-part question for you. Coming up, we got a really great game with the Bucks and mm -hmm. L.A. What are your projections? What do you think is important for that game? And the second part of the question is OBJ. Big argument trending on Twitter right now. Everyone is arguing. Was it the situations he was in 
or has OBJ finally grown up? Well, I mean, I like to think he's grown up, and I think the situation is different. I mean, he's got a quarterback who's a really good pocket passer, right? And we know Baker Mayfield's all about play action. You know, I say this all the time when Baker came out of Oklahoma. One of the things he used to say in the huddle to all his teammates, I couldn't see him. I mean, little quarterbacks, it's hard, you know? And we saw it with Kyler Murray last night. I mean, he can't see. He's little, you know, and and you can give them heels. You can prop them up. You can say they don't run them (laughs) enough and all that. But the reality of it is, is, you know, Buddy Ryan had the great line. And I say this all the time. Buddy Ryan had a great line. There's a place in football for the little man. It's just not in front of the big man. Mm. And that's what happens to Baker. And he doesn't see Beckham and he doesn't throw him open. And then he goes to get Stafford, who's a really good pocket passer and can see. And all of a sudden he excels. And then also Cooper Cup's over there getting all the double teams. So now you're basically benefiting from the the situation. The ball's going to Cup. The ball's going to Higby. Here, I'm the third wheel. You know, I don't have to back clean up. I can be the number two hitter in the lineup here. So I, I think that really makes a difference. As for the rematch, you know, look, throw out the first game. I think that's insignificant. The Rams dominated that. Brady will have a really good handle on Raheem Morris is trying to get done. And this game will really come down to, can the Bucks force the Rams to have to throw the ball all the time and not have balance in their attack? So the, the whole system of the Rams offense. So when they traded Goff, they basically said to themselves, look, we've got a really good quarterback coming in. He's way better than Goff. We can open up the offense. And then what they found out after about eight weeks, they said, you know what? I think Stafford would be better just running Goff's offense. And so they went back to it. And you start to see Sonny Michelle carrying the ball. You see Cam Akers carrying the ball. So now they're running more of, a, of the Goff offense, but Stafford does it a little bit better. And when you take away the running game from that Rams offense or the Goff offense that we've known for years, it puts a problem on their offensive line. It makes them struggle to pass protect. That's going to be the key of the game. Todd Bowles knows this. So Bowles is going to be really good at stopping the run. The Cardinals couldn't do it, but Bowles can do it. And I think that's going to be the big difference. Look, I will say this unequivocally. The front of the Bucks, if they're healthy, Barrett, Vita Vey, Sue, and, and Jason Pierre-Paul, these the Rams can't block that front. They will have a very hard time blocking that front. Well, you could almost flip that narrative, too, because when they met week three, Tampa Bay wasn't running the ball like they are now. That's their identity now because they're shorthanded at receiver, obviously. But also we're seeing that they're having some injuries on their offensive line with Tristan Wirfs. He's showed up in a boot yesterday. So is this almost just about who's stopping the run? You know, it's a little bit, but I think with Brady's ability to get the ball out of his hand quickly, you know, he can offset some of that offensive line issues. This is really going to come down to, you know, this is going to be a tactical game and which special teams really gives the opponent, the other team, the, the team best field position. I think that's going to make a huge difference. It's the three phases of the game. And I think the way the Bucks played last Sunday, the way they utilized, the, the way the defense complemented the offense, and then the offense complemented them as well. I mean, Brady knew he couldn't stand back there in three, even though he sacked four times. Mm-hmm. He got the ball out of his hands when Wirfs went down and then the center was hurt, you know, so it's it's a problem. But Look, I, I do think the Bucks are experienced. I think they're going to be a tough team to play in Tampa, especially considering that they've at least warmed up against the Rams. They know what the Rams want to do. And if you give Brady a second bite of the apple, he's pretty damn good. Just to be clear, if Kyler Murray was to wear heels. Yes. Um, do you th- Elevation like- heels, like the kind Olivia would wear, like like really high, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it would still be a problem. Like, look. 
I, I call him the mayor of Munchkin land. I've called Kyler Murray the mayor of Munchkin land forever. Come you on. know, because no, it's true. I mean, look, I mean, I, I'm old. I, there's it's a hard position to play when you're short. It yeah. really is. It's hard. You can't. Those guys are huge in front of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when people don't understand at home is when you rush the quarterback a certain way, when you rush them inside what I call the paint. So the area between the right shoulder of the right guard and the left shoulder of the left guard from that spot all the way back to where the quarterback sets up. That's the paint. That would be the paint in basketball. Right. When you put people in the paint against a little guy, it's a hard, hard thing. Now, what happens is. And then, you know, Murray gets out of the pocket and he takes off. Well, when people don't let him out of the pocket, now he's got to play big. And that's a hard thing. Yeah, I have a question. I think uh, Janine Garofalo, because I can never pronounce the name. (laughs) Uh, Garofalo has been announced as the quarterback for 2022, right? Am I wrong about that or right? Did they say next season he's got the job? Oh, Jimmy G? No, yeah, I think G. they've been. I think they've been rather coy about that. I think they know that. I think they know they can't really get rid of them. You know, Lance is having these great practices, and yet when they get in third and one, they never use them on any of those situations. So I don't know what to make of it. I do know that you can just see. You know, you can really see, as Yogi Berra would say, you can see a lot from looking. You can see a lot of the reaction of Garoppolo and his teammates, how they interact, and how much that team really likes Garoppolo. I mean, he's endeared himself to those players and they know he gives them the best chance to win. So for me, I mean, unless they really felt 1000% certain, like the Chargers, when they let Breeze walk out, part of that reason they let him walk was because he had the bad shoulder. They weren't sure he was ever going to play again. And also they were 1000% comfortable that Phillip Rivers could play. Same thing with Brett Favre when when Rodgers took over. I don't know if you could say they're 1000% comfortable in San Francisco. That was my question. Do you think that's been affecting his play in the 49ers, just sort of that uncertainty and that hovering over their head? Because he looked good. They looked good. The defense looked good. Do you think it would behoove them to just say, hey, he's our starter, just make an announcement, make him feel comfortable, make the team feel confident? I think that would probably, you know, they drafted him, they drafted Lance because they felt like they had to get better. And they've got to keep promoting this idea of Garoppolo because, look, there's a lot of teams. I mean, there's, you know, you go to try to get a New York driver's license in, in New York City, there's a huge line waiting there to get one, right? It's the same thing with trying to find a quarterback in the NFL. There's a huge line to trying to find quarterbacks, and they have two, or they might have two. And I think they know that these teams are going to compete for them. So if they keep saying they're going to hang on to Garoppolo, they're going to raise the ante up a little bit, and people kind of see through that. So I, I think they're in really good position. The better Garoppolo plays, the, the harder decision it is for them because they don't want to lose him but then the offers are going to go up higher. Well, speaking of the 49ers, a lot of people called their upset over the Cowboys. That ended in very dramatic fashion. So is San Francisco a legit test for the Packers this weekend? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, look, forget the ending. The ending was a joke. I mean, come on. First of all, you can't run that play with 17 seconds left to go on the clock. There's just not enough time. Secondly, Dak should have known that he needed to get on the ground. There was nobody going to tackle him. He slid. Thirdly, he should have handed the ball. If they practice it as much as they said they did, he should have handed the ball off to the official. But you could just see they didn't practice it. So mm-hmm. that whole play is got caught up. And it's one of the things when I used to get on the airplane in Oakland after games, Al Davis would call me over and he said, you know, you know kid, uh, do you know why we won? Do you know why we lost? And if I gave him a bad answer, he would rip me. I mean, it would be brutal, right? I mean, I would be in tears walking away. But if I, I had to give him the right answer, the Cowboys are dealing with the wrong answer. They're blaming it on the officials. They're blaming it on the, 
you know, this and that. When they lost that game because they were undisciplined, they had unforced errors, and they made too many critical mistakes. So I think the 49ers beat them soundly. I think the 49ers deserve to be where they are. This wasn't a fluke win. Giannis, you hear that? Our Unleashed is sounding really smart right now. We just went off on the Cowboys, and now it's being it's being reinforced by Michael Lombardi. It's being what you call confirmed. Well, I mean, look, you, you got that's part of the problem with the Cowboys. That's why they've only won three playoff games since 96, or, or they're 4-11 and 11 since 96. I mean, part of the biggest problem in sports is to figure out why you win and why you lose, right? And so oftentimes bias enters into the equation. So you make up reasons why you've lost, or you make up reasons why you've won. And, and, and until you really get to the core issue of, of that, and you really break it down, uh, then you can't improve. And the Cowboys have to come to the realization, look, they're the most undisciplined team in the National Football League. They were talented. You know, the yeah. offense did nothing to really help their receivers. They've got all these great skills. They couldn't get them the ball. They, they're playing Zeke Elliott millions and millions of dollars. He touched the ball 13 times. Meanwhile, Samuel for the 49ers, he touched it 13 times and he's a wide receiver and they yeah. put him in the backfield. You've got to break that down. Going over to the AFC, the Bengals got their first postseason win mm-hmm. in 30 years. They go to Nashville yeah. to face the top seed, rested Titans as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. And Derrick Henry's activated off IR and might yeah. play. How do you see this one playing out, with or without him? Well, I think that one thing we fail to understand about the Tennessee Titans is they are the reason they're the number one seed in the AFC. It isn't because they played a soft schedule or they didn't beat a playoff team. It's because they're the best team this year in situational football. Mm. They played the best in situational football. They were very good at protecting the football. They lost to the Houston Texans. They turned it over five times. They lost to the New England Patriots. They turned it over four times. They lost to the Steelers. They turned it over four times. When they don't turn it over, they beat pretty much any team they play. They're great on third down offense. They're great on third down defense. They're great in the red zone, offense and defensively. They keep people out of the end zone. And they're very good at creating situations that work in their favor. They turn the ball over and they protect it. So this is going to be a really hard game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Without Ogajobi, the defensive tackle that got hurt in the Oakland game, that really hurts them. I don't know if Hendrickson is going to play. But with Henry on the field and their ability to run the football and play action and use A.J. Brown and then use Julio Jones, A.J. Brown is a problem not to cover. He's a problem Mm -hmm. to tackle. And if you try to put Mike Hilton on him, who's a really good young player, you know, but he's a little man and he's going to have a hard time getting A.J. Brown on the ground so that they have the perfect blend. The only way they're going to beat the the Bengals are going to beat them is they've got to force mistakes, fumbles, turnovers block a kick, do something in the kicking game. Because I think this Titan team is very underrated and undervalued because they play. Belichick would often tell the team, we can't win until we avoid losing, which is what they didn't do in Buffalo. They turned the ball over. They made mistakes. Well, Tennessee doesn't do that. They avoid losing first, then they win. See, this is why I love having you on. You are the biggest football head we ever have on the show. You're talking about third and short, line play, kicking game. You're even height-shaming players. I love having you on, Michael. Well, thank you. I'm not height-shaming. He is what he is. He's the mayor. I mean, he is the mayor. I call him the mayor. I mean, I don't, I love him. I, I mean, he's like the roadrunner, too. He's like, meep, meep. He's all over the place, and I love watching him play. But if you play him the right way and you force him to play, you know, he can't. he can't do it. It's hard. Sure. Yeah. He's a pip squeak. He's definitely a squeak. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me ask you about um, where is Russell going next year? Is it Pittsburgh? Is it New York? 
He said he wants to test the free agency market, obviously. Is he leaving Seattle? Where's he going? Who do you think could benefit from having him? What's your predictions? Well, I think anybody would benefit from having him, although he didn't play the way we're used to seeing Russell Wilson this year. He was off. He was really off. I don't know if it was a thumb injury. I don't know, but it wasn't the same Russell Wilson we're used to. But I think this more than anything. Everybody says, where's Russell going? But nobody ever says, what will Seattle do at quarterback? They don't have a first-round pick this year. Mm -hmm. Where are they going to get a quarterback from? I mean, are they going to bring Charlie Whitehurst back? Are they going to bring Matt Flynn back? I mean, like, where are they getting a quarterback? Those are the guys that were there when Russell came in. Like, how come we have to make the Giants better and make Seattle worse? And that's the way the media kind of drives this train. It's like, well, what's John Schneider going to do? What's he going to get? He gets, So they give him a first-round pick. Say they give him two number ones for Russell Wilson. What's that do for him? Not nothing this year. There's nothing for him. Yeah, that's nothing. You're just going to be 0-14. You're going to be like 3-15, and 15, you know, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's I'm fired. I might as well get myself fired. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody says Russell wants to explore. Russell has a contract. He has a contract. You know, and if Russell wants to hold out, if Russell wants to retire, I would be John Slayton. Russell, go ahead. We, we love you to death. You want to raise? We'll talk about that. But I'm not just giving you away because you don't feel good. You got a little agita. Like, that's not going to yeah. happen. Like, we got to fix the team, too. Right. Kind of on that same note with the Steelers, their GM is on the way out. They've traditionally yeah. built this team in the draft under him. Do you think they'll try to get someone like a Kenny Pickett who already works out in the same facility as a pit player or like the Seahawks may have to try to navigate free agency? Well, it's hard to do in free agency. Like who are they going to get? Right. You know, yeah. so I think that knowing Kevin and knowing one thing about the Steelers organization, it's always the long game. They're going to play the long game. Now they're talking about bringing Mason Rudolph back. We've mm -hmm. seen Mason Rudolph play. You know, he's he's a little bit of a problem because he's an RPO quarterback. And those guys have a tendency to have to wait for the receiver to be open before they throw it. So that's a problem. And that's why Mason hasn't really taken off as the star of the Steelers. It's more of a play action scheme. But I think what you'll see out of Pittsburgh next year is they will go back to what an offense they want to be. They couldn't do it this year because Ben refused to be under center. He didn't want to be under center. He wanted to be in shotgun. He wants the ball out of his hand quick, all that. They're going to change what they do offensively. I think they'll draft somebody. I'm sure they'll try to find someone in the, uh, out there who's available to see if they can bridge themselves from today to tomorrow. That might just be Mason Rudolph, but they'll play the long game. I think they'll play the long game, and they will not be desperate. They will not give up a boatload of picks just to get a player. Yeah, Mason has been there a while, certainly comfortable in the system, but it'll be curious to see how that one plays out. Let's get to some head coaching news. Do you think mm -hmm. Denver would be smarter to get Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy? He has a relationship with the GM or lure Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett and hope that he packs Aaron Rodgers with him? Well, that that would be a great hope. I mean, yeah. I don't think Nathaniel <laughs> can do that. I think that's a hard one. They're really good Rogers friends. Is his own man. Yeah. But, you know, I think Rodgers is going to be the first $50 million a year player in the league. Wow. And I think the Packers will make him that. But here's what I would say on the Denver Broncos. I think that I really think Dan Quinn's the leader in the clubhouse. He and George Payton. The thing I like about what George Payton did is George Payton took a year and he observed everything. He watched Vic Fangio. He watched Pat Shermer. He watched the organization. So now he knows exactly what his organization lacks and needs. And I think that leads it to Dan Quinn. I think he wants somebody with high energy, somebody who's versatile on defense, somebody who could lead the organization, somebody who's going to give them some enthusiasm and increase their level of energy within the building. That's why I think that's going to go to Dan Quinn. I don't know where 
you know, he would go uh, if he didn't go to Dan Quinn. The people in the league tell me that he, everybody thinks it's going to be Quinn's job unless something happens. Maybe in Dallas or some other team just decides to to make him an offer he can't refuse. But what about Bienemy? Do you think this is the year he gets that head coaching job? You know, I, I mean, you would think so. I, I think he's certainly he's interviewed enough for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's been out there. He's interviewed enough. And. They've gone through some, you know, the one thing I think you always want to see at any good coach is to go through struggles and see how they handle it. Mm. You know, everybody wants to shoot a Hollywood movie with the perfect ending. But to me, it's who overcomes obstacles during the year and who makes those obstacles go away by their coaching. I think that's certainly benefited the enemy this year. What's your insight, though? Like, what is Rodgers doing? He knows that the Packers would give him everything. Money's not an issue. They'll give him everything. Why is he holding it over their heads? You don't think there's any chance he wants to go and play at home in San Francisco. He's mentioned it in the past, finish his career there at home. He's a California kid. Like yeah. you really think the Packers he's gonna stay there? I mean, I don't know what, you know, I mean, the Packers, they they're not making him a free agent. It has to be mutually agreed upon. I think if you read the language of that of, of the terms, I, I think the Packers have a strong play. I think the Packers have to do whatever is necessary to keep him. And he seems like he's happy. He gets along with the floor. Like I know, you know, Green Bay's winners can be harsh, but again, you know, like, what are they going to do? Like they've got, they need a quarterback too. We saw Jordan Love play against Kansas City. We saw him play against Detroit in the last game too. Are you ready to pass the torch to Jordan Love? I don't think so. No. So why is he being coy about it? What's his play? What's his motive? Well, I think you're always coy when you're looking for more money. I'm sure when you did your contract, you probably were coy too. You know, no, you we have don't to be pay Giannis. Coy. Giannis does this for free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just part of being the. You know, it's like indifference is the greatest negotiating method you could possibly have. When you're indifferent, then the other side has. Oh, I want him. I want him, and they start paying more. Now over to. Harbaugh land because that's yeah. always just a good question. But Michigan, Baltimore or, or Michigan? Okay, we're going to Michigan. Harbaugh. Yeah, let's talk, Jim. Michigan's <laughs> one of the most prestigious college jobs. So if you're Jim, would you ride this momentum, keep building there, enjoy Ann Arbor and that big bag of money? He lives down the street from his dad. His kids get to be by their grandparents. Or do you answer that call, the phone call that's inevitably coming from somewhere for an NFL job? Well, I mean, you know, when you have a big bat of money, you can move your parents no matter where you live, right? <laughs> so I don't think that's the problem. Look, I know Jim really well. I, I was, I have so many stories about Jim, but when John was at Indiana, Ray Rhodes was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And Ray Bob is a wonderful guy. And he asked me to pick a special teams coach for the 1987 Philadelphia Eagles football team. And so I went through and he wanted a college guy. So I went through and we came up with two names, Rich Basachi and John Harbaugh. And Rich Basachi was coaching at Clemson. He had four young kids. The job wasn't paying as much as he was getting at Clemson. And I basically said to Rich, look, you need to stay at Clemson. We hired John. And John went on to stay with Andy Reid and had great success. Of course, naturally, I got fired right after we hired him. But that's a whole other story. But then when I'm at the Raiders now, I get a phone call from John saying my brother Jim is going to retire and he wants to get into coaching. I said, okay, great. Literally hang up the phone and 20 minutes later, Al Davis calls me in my morning phone call with him. And he says, you know, we really need a, an ex-player to be a quarterback coach. And I said, I think I got one. And so that's when we hired Jim. And that's when I became wow. friends with Jim. And Jim became like part of the Raiders. And he loves the Raiders. He really did. He just, 
Jim's a look, he dresses like Bo Schembecker on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he wears Bo Schembecker's passes. He has a great sense of history. He loves the history of the game. He loves the history of Michigan. And I think he loves the history of the Raiders. I mean, he yeah. used to play the autumn wind when he would come to work every morning. And he worked his tail off. I mean, one of the great stories I have, when every time I look at the M key on my computer, Jim fell asleep one night in his office. He would sleep there constantly, learning the game, trying to learn to become a coach. And when he woke up, there were like 7,000 pages of M's because his nose hit the M key and it just kept typing. So he's highly competitive, you know, and I think he certainly should listen to whatever somebody wants to offer. I'm not saying he should take it, but I think it's got to be the right job, right? I mean, he got yeah. fired and not fired. He left San Francisco because the front office wasn't what he really wanted. You know, Trent Balky was there. The 49ers picked Balky over him, essentially. And that left a scar. And where at Michigan, he's his own general manager. He's his own everything. And unless he gets that kind of deal, I don't see him leaving. Now I'm reading between the lines. He would hold down the M as he slept. Michigan M. I'm, I'm there getting you go. it now. Good, good one. That's right. It's just I think his <laughs> nose hit it perfectly. Okay. <laughs> Well, Michael, what do you say we play a little game now? We know that you're a big Sopranos fan and oh, yeah, we yeah, wanted sure. to play this game. It kind of combines two of your loves, the Sopranos and football. As a yeah. scout and general manager, you've helped build rosters. But now we want to see how you'd build a cast, specifically the NFL's version of the Sopranos. And you can pick okay. anybody, NFL, past or present. We're calling it sports casting. Are you ready? Okay, Sure. Okay, let's start with the great Polly Walnuts. He had a temper, very hard worker, liked to bust some balls, but you did not want to cross him. Who's an NFL guy who fits that description? You know, and he dressed kind of uniquely and his hair was always perfectly combed. He looked perfect on the sidelines. Do I need to put this in present day term or past time? Past is great. Yeah, whatever you want. Past is great too. You know, I would say probably Mike Ditka would be a good Polly <laughs> Walnuts because he was emotional, could fly off the handle. He was always dressed well. You know, he had a code that he believed in, you know, and he was very loyal to the Bears family and the McCaskey. So, you know, I, I would say that would be a good comparison there. That's good. All right. How about uh, let's move over to Christopher, Christopher Mal Maltesanti. <laughs> Christopher. You know, I mean, that might be Matt Nagy, you know, a little oh. out of control, probably going to, you know, not last a long time, you know, making some bad life decisions along the way. Can't quite get anything <laughs> settled, you know, probably reverts back to his old habits in the past. I'm not calling plays. Yeah, I'm going to start calling plays, you know, you know, he thinks he wants to do well, but at the end of the day, can't get out of his own way. I'm probably going to go Matt Nagy on that. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's a good. great explanation. Yeah. What about Silvio Dante? Perhaps no one is more loyal, level-headed. What do you think? Oh, I love I love Stevie Van Zandt. We had him on my pod. I love him to death. I wow. mean, I wish he was my best friend. He, he's just <laughs> tremendous. You know, that's an interesting one. You know, because Sylvia is the confidant. You know, Stevie actually wrote that into the script. David Chase didn't have a concierge for Tony. So he wanted to cast uh, Stevie Van Zandt in the show. And so Stevie kind of thought, well, look, you need to be able – to put him in there. And so to me, I, I think it's, it, this would be somebody who's given great advice, somebody who's kind of stayed in the background that really wasn't running everything, but was doing a really good job at helping an organization build, build a team and was advising and counseling the head coach. As I look at this, you know, I would say probably 
John McVeigh, the former 49er general manager yeah. I started with, he used to help Bill Walsh. He was his consigliere. He could bounce things off of him. They have a little different personality, although John dressed well. Sylvia has the greatest shoes in all NFL history. You know, as we look over the as you look over the landscape of the NFL, I think that these coaches that kind of run everything, you know, they need somebody to bounce something off of them. They need somebody to kind of help them along the way, kind of get them going to feel like they're perfectly aligned. Jason Light, I'm sure, helps Bruce Arians. So that would fit the the, the, the uh, Sylvia Dante role. I thought you might say uh, Eli Manning for the facial expressions. You know what I'm well, you know, I mean, yeah. if Eli was working somewhere for his brother, you know, I mean, I think that certainly yeah. could help. But but Eli, you know, Eli's a little bit like, I mean, Eli's got a little bit of a little bit of the all in him. He's got a little devil in him. I mean, I see him more like I see Eli a little bit more like Ralphie. He's going to cause some trouble. He's like the boat that goes through the wake zone, you know, and then all of a sudden you got to deal with the waves. Yeah, he puts it up there. He's he throws the ball up. What he's yeah, he'll yeah. do it. And then he kind of watches his brother have to deal with it, you know? I mean, <laughs> so that's that's what Ralphie was like. Ralphie was always, you know, got these smart aleck comments and then he makes it, you know, he, he and then and then you have to deal with all the problems. All right. Finally, let's get to the boss. You know who it is. Tony Soprano. Oh, that's Belichick to a T. Yeah. You know, makes hard decisions. It. You know, the, you know, has to protect the family at all costs is, you know, if he if somebody has to go, they go early instead of late and does what he feels is in the best interest of the whole family and puts the team first, which I think ultimately Tony had to do. So would uh, Brady be Carmella? You know, I think Brady would have been, no, Brady would have been, uh, you know, that's a great question. Brady would have been, to call him AJ would be so unfair, but Brady was like a son, you know, that has to go off, you know, and it certainly, but it was the the right son. I mean, Brady would be more Michael Corleone than anybody. I like that. You know, people call it a d- divorce, but I like the way you just framed it. He was a son that went off. It's not a divorce. It's, yeah. No, because yeah. look, everything that they do in Tampa I mean, I know Bruce is going to say it's his offense. Okay, that's fine. But the part of the <laughs> issue in Tampa is Brady's Brady brought that place. He he raises the level of play. And where did that all come from? New England. Mm-hmm. Michael Lombardi, yeah. you are what the kids call a little shady, and I like it. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't t- is that a compliment or is that a shot at me? Or what are you Com- doing? I think it's a compliment. You're a little shady. Yeah. Thank I you. like I it. I like it. I like to consider you an influencer. So yeah, there you I go. Wish. Me and Olivia. Yeah. I, I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> I'm such an influencer. I've been to over 100 Springsteen concerts. I'm still trying to get backstage to meet the man. So I'm not influencing <laughs> anybody. <laughs> you can follow Michael Lombardi on TikTok. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what TikTok. You know, my ne- I have a neighbor who has two teenage girls. They kind of do the TikTok thing. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> well, you can actually follow Michael on Twitter at M Lombardi NFL. Read his advice at the Daily Coach. His podcast, The GM Shuffle. There's a new book coming out. There is so much this man is up to, and he loves coming on Unleashed. We love having him. Michael Lombardi, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you.
Giannis, sit up straight and make sure you are doing well. Our boss is filling in today. It's Michal Nagel of BetMGM. Michal, thank you for joining us. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Big shoes to fill this week with uh, Pete on, on holidays. Yes, Pete is on holiday and a good one at that. He's what, Jamaica, the Maldives. Where is Peter Andrew? I can't remember, but I thought it was Mexico. He, he, he tends to get around that guy. He he must have money to burn. Yeah. Promotion is the job I should be in, I think, because he always <laughs> seems to be traveling around the world. Well, he told me he was going to the Cayman Islands to meet with his uh, accountant to, uh, you know, <laughs> he's, he's got a tax shelter out there. Kids hiding a lot of money. If I would have known our boss was going to be here, I would have worn pants today. I'm in my uh, underwear. I apologize. <laughs> That's why we keep the camera up, Giannis, camera up. Well, before we get to this weekend's picks for the divisional round, we want to tell you how BetMGM is getting you playoff ready with an incredible NFL divisional round offer. You just register for BetMGM on the app or online, make your first deposit, and place a $10 Moneyline wager. Easy. I suggest doing it on my Green Bay Packers this weekend. If Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown pass, you will win $200 in free bets, regardless of that Moneyline bet outcome. Just use bonus code UNLEASHED200. When you make your first bet, boy, is that a good deal. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with the king of sportsbooks and score an easy win on your very first bet. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code UNLEASHED200. Giannis, say it with me. UNLEASHED200. We got to work on that. You'll win $200 in free bets. If Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown pass in the game you wager on. Wow. Is that good? Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets do expire seven days from issuance. Now is the time to do it, folks. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Michal, that's a pretty good promotion. Let's start with that game then. 49ers at Packers. Punishment Picks. A lot of people did call the 49ers to upset the Cowboys, your girl included, but now I'm a little bit worried. And we talked with Michael Lombardi about it, but what do you see in this contest? I think the Packers will smoke them. Well, I know Pete's a Niners fan. He's not here this week. And uh, we've bought a replacement. Yeah, replacement to me. And I am a Niners fan as well. So um, I'm going to take Pete's place here. I kind of like the Niners to cover. The line we have at the moment is five and a half points, um, mm-hmm. but the Packers seem to be getting bet on. I know Jimmy G has a strained shoulder, apparently. He's going to be fit for next week, but hard to know how he will be. But I'd say that line probably go to six, maybe six by Sunday. I kind of liked the, the Niners had to play well against the Packers. They lost 30-28 earlier this year. The year they went to the Super Bowl, they, they beat the Packers in the playoffs pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, the Packers are a team you can run on. The Niners like to run the ball. So I'm, I'm not sure if they'll win, but I think they'll keep the game close. Maybe under a touchdown? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Apparently you do not, like I've been saying it all year, believe in the power of Ivermectin. It's going to be a blowout. He's going to be throwing <laughs> darts all over the field. His COVID toe is probably recovered. The Niners are going to get steamrolled by the Green Bay Cheeseheads. So 
I disagree. And let me just say about that promotion, sign me the fuck up. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers to throw touchdowns? I mean, that's I like know. asking a fish to swim. That's free money. Isn't that good? Yes. That's like asking Giannis to drink a Truly on a Sunday. Let's stick in the <laughs> NFC. Rams at Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette may be playing this week. I think that really helps because Tampa Bay is wanting to run the ball. They need bodies to do it. But Rams looked so convincing last night. What a bad playoff game Monday night. What do you guys think in this one? Giannis, we've already disagreed on the first one. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with OBJ. I'm sticking with the Rams, baby. They're going to win. They're going to win big. They, they've they tightened it up. The defense looks amazing. I'm going with the Rams. I'm going with LA, bro. Um, yeah, Fournette might be back, but I think the Tristan Wirfs is a big mm-hmm. one. I think he's going to be a true game time decision on Sunday. He's probably one of the best right tackles in the league. If, if he's not playing, they might not be able to run the ball. I know Jensen was injured for the, for the Bucks as well against the Eagles the other, the other day. Um, he would also be a big loss in that O-line. And I know the Rams and Aaron Donald like to, to rush the passer up the middle and Brady doesn't like that. So I think those two players have a big factor in the outcome of the game. I'm with Giannis. I kind of like the Rams, uh, but would, would, would like to wait and see on, on those game type decisions before I make a bet. Do you know the number on that one for the spread, Michal? Yeah, it's, it's three points at the moment. Mm, I like Tampa Bay to win and cover with that. I, I got to be honest. We always do money line for our punishment picks here. But when you're looking at the spread, I think I think that's a small enough number. I think Tampa Bay wins at home. They're so good at home. See, but that's your problem, Olivia. You pay too much attention to the analytics. See, what I'm paying attention to here, did you see that OBJ and Cup already have a secret handshake on touchdowns? That team is gelling. They're having fun. And OBJ, he's better as a third option. Kids throwing touchdown passes. They're having too much fun. You know, Brady's an old curmudgeon. He's concentrating on his Brady brand. He wants oh, to be Michael Jordan. Imagine. Yeah, he's an old, he's he's focusing on, he's, he's all over, he's putting promos out for Brady right now. He thinks he's Michael Jordan. He's got a game to play. He's an old man. He should be sitting with me, drinking Trulies, having a cigar, talking about our grandkids, which I'm sure he has a few of them <laughs> around the country. He's hey. not as clean as you think. Hey. He's not as clean as you think. Watch it. We're not throwing out allegations on our show. I'm just saying him and Larry Johnson got a lot more in common than you think. Oh, God. Michal, you see what I have to deal with week after week? I have to put up with this guy. I know. Tough going. And you're the one who did this to me. Okay, let's go over to the AFC. Bills at Chiefs. I think this is the best game of the weekend. I'm working it. I can't wait. When you look at Mahomes and Josh Allen, you guys, this is the first time in NFL history Both quarterbacks are coming off a five-touchdown pass playoff performance. History-making quarterback play. And by young guys at that, who do you like here? What's the line right now, Miha? Let's start with you. Yeah, we have the line of minus Chiefs minus two and a half. And the over-under is the biggest of the week's 54 and a half points. I like the Chiefs. I know everybody's going to like the Bills after that performance on on Saturday against the Patriots. Um, For me... That leaves the Chiefs in a perfect spot to bet on them because I think the Bills are overhyped now. I think Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes is still a much better quarterback than the Bills. Arrowhead is still a tough place to go. I know the Bills beat them there earlier this year, but the time the Chiefs are in a kind of bit of a slump. Um, I kind of like the Chiefs minus two and a half. Giannis? 
Well, I got to agree with you. Uh, I think this is the best game. I'm the most excited to see this game. I think there are teams that are have been trending in the right direction, playing well. Oh, man, it's going to be a good game. But I still think the Chiefs are a one-trick pony. I think it's all about Tyreek, and if you take him out of the game, they don't got much. Okay? I'm not impressed. Kelsey, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. Why? Okay? why? I'm not <laughs> Because he did a dance in the end zone. He tried to do a little, he tried to do a little TikTok dance. Giannis, he also threw a touchdown pass. <laughs> How are you not listen. pressed to tell Kelsey? He does everything for him. <laughs> listen, okay. I'm just, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. I'm more impressed <laughs> okay, with what's going on. Then you're blind. You're blind. L- listen, we I'm need to work you, on this. He's going to fall apart. Josh Allen is right now. He looks like a young stallion. He's the new, they should call him. Why is his name not big Josh Allen? Okay, Ben's the kid is big. The kid can run, and he's throwing darts. I'm going with the Bills. Bills Nation. They they put themselves through tables. That's what the fans do. They get arrested. They are going to carry the fever of their fan base and steamroll the Chiefs, who deserve the ass kicking because of Jackson Mahomes and his antics. I'm not letting it go. <laughs> I, calling the Chiefs a one-trick pony is just asinine. They had an offensive lineman score a touchdown. Travis Kelsey throwing a touchdown pass. Running backs catching touchdown passes. They do it all. They scored on six straight drives. My problem here with the Chiefs and why I think I do like the Bills to win is they started off slow. If that happens like it did against the Steelers, they're not beating the Bills. That was horrible. They started really slow. They didn't score till later in the second quarter where the Bills started last week by scoring on their first seven drives. Bills were great from the jump. So I think I like the Bills here. It is a rematch at Arrowhead a couple weeks ago. That's where they played. And then the next week, Chiefs were so upset about losing at home to Buffalo. They put up three points against Tennessee. So I don't know. This team gets in their head. I think I'm going to take the Bills too. All right. Well, I'm just going to reiterate. I'm a Kittles guy. Okay. Kittle. I'm a Kittles guy. I'm a Kittle guy. I'm a Kittle guy. Every and I'm week, a- me Harry Kittles. Harry Kittles. I'm a Kittle guy. I'm a Gronk guy. Okay. I'm an old Giants fan. I'm a, I'm a Mark Bavaro guy. Okay. He's, he, I don't know what he's doing right now. Mark Bavaro, he probably owns a car wash, but let me just say, I will be getting AM radio to listen to you do uh, call the game. So <laughs> I'm going to go out there. I'm going to throw some batteries in an old radio and I'm going to listen to you. Well, good. I'm glad because you're blind. So you do need to listen because you you have missed the greatness that is Travis Kelsey by watching it. So maybe if you listen, you'll catch it. Okay, guys, one more. Bengals at Titans. We've talked about it with Lombardi. Titans are rested. I think they're getting Derrick Henry back. He's been practicing this week. What do you think? Home favorite, three and a half. I'll jump in there. Uh, I like the Titans minus three and a half. I know, I know the Bengals played well against the Raiders last year. Burrow looks amazing. Chase, mm-hmm. one of the best rookie wide receivers we've seen for a long time. But uh, I don't I don't believe in the Bengals uh, head coach, Zach Taylor. I think Mike Rabel is coach of the year. Titans are number one seed in the AFC for a reason. I think they've, they've been waiting for this game. I think they'll run all over the Bengals and they'll, they'll cover the spread and win this game. Okay, Giannis. Hmm. Hmm. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm just going to go with who I like watching the most and who has the most swag right now, Joe Burrow. I'm going yeah. with the Bengals. Yeah, I'm just going with the Bengals on this one. Too many question marks with the Titans. What's Derek going to be doing? I'm just going with Joe Burrow. Kid, kids got swag. And I'm going to take the Titans. I like them to cover and win. 
I think if Derrick Henry's in, he's in full force. They're not going to limp him out there. So I think he'll start off slow, build up, have 20-something carries, and be fantastic. So I like Tennessee at home. Okay, we disagreed on a good amount of them. So I like building up our punishment picks for next week. Thank you so much, Michal, for joining us. Don't forget to go to BetMGM on Twitter next Monday and submit your bad beat of the week. We'll announce the winning bad beat next week. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you find your podcasts. When we get back from this, Giannis Pappas has to read the outro I write for him because I won last week. Something tells me I'm going to win this week. It's going to be good. All right, here we go, folks. I have no idea what's coming my way, but I assume it's going to be making me look real good. Here we go. My outro, written by the great Olivia Harlan Decker. Thanks for listening, guys, to the show another week. Like you, I just feel so lucky to get to join OHD every single episode. Her insight, humor, and if you can see, her beauty just radiates. I hope some of it sprinkles on me. (laughs) In fact, After she gets this motherhood thing down in a couple of months, I hope she and Sam adopt me. I like free tickets to sporting events and great athletic jeans, too. It's not fair her baby gets to have all of this. And I just got to say, I only took this job for the paycheck. That's not true. Because my one-year-old's wedding-sized birthday parties don't pay for themselves. But now I find myself nominated for a freaking award. My hot wife has always been my biggest trophy (laughs) and accomplishment. (laughs) Oh, that's not right. But because of working with Olivia, I may find myself with two trophies. So vote for our show. The link is in Olivia's Instagram bio which I'm starting to think is just a mechanism for her to get more followers. See you next week. Peace. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.